0: Welcome to the Thor City Syndicate Spotlight Show. In today's episode, we journey into the enchanting world of Mermosa PDX, with the visionary founder and head mermaid herself, Desiree Noyset. We'll unravel the founding story of Mermosa Wines, Florida's first black woman-owned wine company. Discover how the relocation to Portland and love for exploring Oregon shaped their identity to create the Mermosa experience-driven wine club, private gatherings, and exclusive events. Desiree has a unique blend of intelligence, creativity, mystery, and magic as she infuses into the brand. From house to winery, to its nationally distributed Ramosa sparkling wine and the culinary delights that complement the wines, be sure to visit Ramosa PDX where wines come to life. Thorn City Podcast Guy, let's go. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show where we network and build connections through interviews and discussions. This episode is brought to you by GMP Podcast Group. I'm your host, Thorin City Podcast Guy. Make sure you visit com. Hit that like, share, and subscribe button. Get the updates, and first to know about the new releases. Today I got a really special guest in the house, in the spotlight, Miss Desiree Noiset, is that how you say it?
1: Noiset, that's how we say it here in in the South especially. Mm-hmm. You go to France? It's yeah. noisette.
0: Noisette. Ah, right, here, let me get this up on you. Noisette. Noisette. Oh, okay. You know that what means... it means? Yeah. There you... No, I don't. What's it mean?
1: You ever seen like a chocolate bar or something that says it has noisettes in it? And noisettes. Yes. Hazelnuts. Really? We're nutty. Are uh, oh, you nutty? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh, Clark, going. So today we're going to talk about. Miss Desiree's journey in the wine industry. Um, we'll talk about the mermaid behind the magic. And we'll touch on the Mermosa journey. And then we'll talk about the experience down at the at the winery. So, how long you been in Portland?
1: Uh, officially since December of last year. So, 2022. December
0: 2022. 2022. Okay, so... Yes. Mm, Coming up on a year. Yes. Nice. Um. What What made you come to Portland? Tell me. Tell me about what it. What, what, um, yeah.
1: The really, it was the the people mm. made made me and my family. We just we really wanted to move to a place where we felt like um, we could build authentic connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was living in Florida, traveling back and forth to Oregon for um, the wine business with Mermosa, and we just fell in love with. With Oregon and Portland in particular because of the um, authenticity mm. the people in Portland are so powerful mm. and uh, we were just looking to get out of Florida where we were we wanted a place where we felt like we could uh, have real conversations with people mm-hmm. um, and we looked all over the country really all over the world because we could have
0: could went moved anywhere. anywhere yeah
1: and we we felt we just fell in love with Portland
0: nice yeah. So tell me about the idea of mimosa Wines. How did it come to life and what inspired you to get into the wine
1: industry? Drinking crappy wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so back in my in my former life I practiced construction law mm. and then I quit to uh, I was tired of arguing all the so time. So you were a lawyer? I was uh, yes. You went through law school? Yes. And I still have my license. I'm still technically a lawyer but yeah,
0: I Yeah, but you don't practice. No. You I just gave it all up for the wine.
1: I do like pro bono things here and there. Oh. So like some of my um some of my clients may have issues with like their condo association or HOA. I just try to work things out. Yeah. I try to do like things that actually help people now. Uh. Um, I never charge. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I I quit that job and I started a swimwear store mm. in St. Pete, Florida where I was living. Uh, got a really great piece of real estate for um for our for the retail store and the whole idea was to create a safe space for women to feel beautiful about about themselves and we would pop bottles
0: (laughs) to make it fun
1: and it was daytime it's hot so (laughs) mimosas made a lot of sense and we originally started with doing you know we'd have like our orange juice and our sparkling wine Mm -hmm. but then we'd have all these bathing suits on the counter and there's condensation and the door is open so like flies are coming it was it was it was getting messy so we decided Mm -hmm. to get pre-mixed wines okay and this would this would be like 2013 2014 they were just gross yeah they were grossers <laughs> and so finally in 20 se, i think 2017 um i was drinking some of the product that we were serving to our guests mm-hmm. and i said this is this is disgusting there's gotta be there's gotta be a better way Yeah, why can't we just bottle what we blend at home mm-hmm. and it turns out you can it just cost a lot of money and a lot of training and licensing and <laughs> And that's kind of how M- mimosa was born.
0: So you were already making it at home.
1: We would just blend, you know, when you have you make your own mimosas at home. Oh, got you. Yes, and one of the things that we didn't skimp on was the quality of the the base wine that we would use. Mm-hmm. So there is a such thing as well wine, mm. believe it or not. Well,
0: like <laughs> you, like well drinks on yes yes bottom liquor yes oh. that is a real
1: thing <laughs> really yes and so when you go to these <laughs> bottomless brunches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, if yeah. you're paying for a bottless, bottomless brunch price, that means that the wine that people are bringing in probably costs two to three dollars a bottle.
0: Mm. That
1: is well wine. Wow. That's why you feel so jacked up when you leave. So at yeah. our house, we never really skimped on the sparkling because we're grown folks. We got kids. We can't. We don't have time to be. To be down, Mm -hmm. so we found that if we use high quality sparkling wine and real fruit juice, not syrups Mm -hmm. or extracts, that we could blend something that was. And that's kind of that's how it started. Now it's Mm -hmm. evolved way more because we realized we had to actually get into the winemaking process to create the um, the product that we wanted to Mm -hmm. bring to the market. Nice, Um, yeah.
0: So you're you're a real life mermaid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: I suppose so
0: suppose so how does that yes. work and is that is that working to your branding for the Mermosa
1: so it's it it does um, mermaids have always been the I guess like logo and life force for mm-hmm. my business ventures mm-hmm. so with the swimwear store it was a different name but it pulled on my family heritage mm-hmm. um, and as Mermosa was born our, our uh, Mermosa is actually a, a trademark owned by Noisette Family Winery Mm. so the noise Noisette family history and heritage is what inspires that mermaid, mm. um, and I'm really fortunate to know my family history going mm-hmm. back to almost the 1600s, Wow! and the um, character in our <laughs> origin story <laughs> that I most identify with is my great-grandmother from five generations ago named Celestine. Mm-hmm. She grew up in what is now Haiti, so she oh. was a woman from the islands, and she just had this... I don't know how she did it, but she negotiated freedom for herself and her kids yeah. <laughs> back in the day. So she's she's our siren. Wow. And I've I, we don't have any pictures of her. No pictures. So I've always imagined her being like this mermaid. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who,
1: um, yeah, just changed the changed the course of history for our family.
0: Nice. Well, can you share any defining moments um, that solidified your vision with the Momo Saran? And you're the first black-owned Wine company in Florida?
1: Yes. Nice. Yes. Um, gosh, there are many uh, defining moments. Well, you know, you you like to focus on strategic alliances. Yes. I can I can give a great example of how yes. strategic alliances took us from being like a mom and pop mm-hmm. to a, um, you know, now we're in our Mermosa brands in 20 states. Nice. So, so yeah, tell me about it. Um, when I got into this journey of trying to create the Mermosa product. I I picked up the phone and I called people. (laughs) This was 2017, Um, I was trying to get help from people in the wine industry to create this and Mm. um, California wasn't really interested in Mm. what I was trying to do, like who's this crazy woman from, (laughs) this wild woman from Florida trying to put fruit juice in our, you know, in our prestigious wines and Washington State was slow to get back to me, um, but in Oregon, there was a man named Joe Dobbs who picked up the phone mm. and he said, this sounds like a really interesting idea. I want to help you build this. Mm-hmm. He had just bought a bottling line that could create sparkling wines and mm. turns out he's an expert winemaker here in Oregon who's, um, I guess they call him Hollywood Joe. Oh, really? <laughs> um, Dobbs Family Estate, Wine by Joe, both mm. national, I think international brands at this point. Anyway, he helped me get started. Nice. And he connected me with a uh, essentially contract manufacturer—they call them custom crusher—but um, a contract manufacturer that could help me bring this mermosa product to life. Um, I built a great relationship with that winery, mm-hmm. and then when in early 2020, before the pandemic hit, I realized this this swimwear business is just too too much. With the wine business going in an opposite direction, mm. the swimwear business is really tough because you've got thousands and thousands of SKUs. Mm-hmm. You know, every size is a different SKU. <laughs> I had to manage all that. I was going, I was at trade shows every two weeks, mm. plus, uh, you know, promoting the Mimosa brand and selling that, and dealing with all the licensing stuff. I had to do it was craziness. So we said, let's let's roll up the swimwear business. You know, get that out the door and focus just on wine. Mm. And when I told that to my contract manufacturer. He was like, I want in.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm gonna help, Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to help you.
1: I want to help you grow this. And so with what we ended up doing was a licensing deal. Mm-hmm. And what that did is it gave us access to capital and um, to capacity. Mm. So we were then able to say, hey, Target, hey, Walmart, hey, Sam's Club, we can now fulfill yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did, you know, kind of some repackaging but it was really that strategic alliance that gave us that launch to um open the door for us
0: that's how it happens and Mm -hmm. so that's why i started the show um to create those moments for myself and for others um listening and so that's kind of how we met and so let me give a shout out to kai keith and the the um health health the what the the black wealth events black wealth vibes event that went on this past weekend um was a great thing they did and they had a mixer at ramosa yeah and that's how i met you and i remember walking in and you said hi to me i'm like so what do you do (laughs) he like this is my place (laughs) so no yeah there you go so yeah that's how it happens you never know who you meet and what they have to offer and how it can help you so let's take a break here get a message from the gmp podcast group um this wonderful studio we're in and when we come back we'll talk about a little bit about the journey and how it went from the house to a winery discover gmp podcast group studios located at 2406 east burnside street in portland oregon offering a range of podcasting packages to suit your needs starting at just $49 per hour for your basic setup featuring a Rodecaster Pro audio console and SM7B microphones as well as options complete with camera operator and audio engineer expertise elevate your podcasting with multi-camera recording plus we capture behind the scenes shots within the studio Visit us at www.gmppodcastgroup.com and let GMP Podcast Studios be where your podcasting journey begins. Cause this syndicate lyricist exists. Don't blink one eye, baby, you just might miss. History getting to make it from the making of this. Third, I guess it's welcome back to these words. So I'ma come well like welcome back words for sure. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show. I'm your host, Thorn City Podcast Guy. I got the mermaid herself in, Miss Desiree. How you doing?
1: (laughs) Feeling good?
0: Nice. So yeah, tell me about you took a bold step and you asked your husband to sell the house.
1: Oh yeah, And start my
0: set. two times actually twice. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> we
1: had to we had to recapitalize
0: for growth. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, the first the first time, um, we had the idea. Uh, he was really. I have. I, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I have many ideas. <laughs> um, some of them are trash, but I usually start with a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and then from there I'm like, okay, these numbers are looking okay. And then I might then I'll fill in like, OK, here's the the growth plan and mm-hmm. some other things, kind of key things. So there'll be like a my business plans are usually 30 to 60 pages, oh, wow. but I'll start with something that's three pages, mm. um, including numbers, a summary of numbers so that I can say, hey, what do you think about this concept? Mm-hmm. Is this worth pursuing? Because time is money. I don't have time to be.
0: Yes. You know, <laughs> going down right.
1: rabbit holes or anything <laughs> like that. So, anyway, so I presented to my husband, who's an eternal pessimist. <laughs> so, <laughs> two totally <also>, opposites. <laughs> yes. But also, um, he's evolved. We've both evolved over time. But um, this was over 10 years ago, so um, that we got together. So, when was this 2017? Yeah. So, this is a while ago. Anyway, um, so I presented him with that. And he goes, Oh, let's, so maybe we should talk about distribution. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, shit. I <laughs> yeah, you okay i was like oh shit i got past the gate because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> i know if the first if, if the one's like yeah uh, no that because of yeah yada, yada. and his first thing was distribution i'm like okay he's, he's a supply nice. chain guy uh, so, so he gets it. yes so mm-hmm. having um uh, it was really exciting and our neighbors at the time had just put their house on the market and they got a stupid price for it mm-hmm. and i said i think if we sell our house We can fund this Mm. because we can't get. We're new to this industry. We're not going to get a bank loan. Mm. Um, I talked to some people about, you know, investing. uh, Between the time I presented that business plan and everything to him, and they're like, "But you don't look like a winemaker. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know about wine? Yeah, what do you know about this?" And so there's there's an access to capital issue. So he said, "Well, we're going to have to fund it ourselves. What do you think we sell this and buy a truckload of wine?" Yeah. He said yes, cause uh, cause he's a wonderful man. Yeah, nice, a partner in life. And so yeah. that was the first time we that I asked him to sell the house. Second time was uh, when we moved to Oregon.
0: You moved? To, you were here? Yeah,
1: to move here. Mm. Yeah. Um.
0: Oh, to move here. To move here. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah, so that was you sold first, that. and you started the wine. Yes. And then you sold again to make the move.
1: Yeah, to help uh, finance gotcha. the move and the um uh, starting the mimosa PDX operation mm-hmm. required us to um, cashing on our equity and then sell the house. Yeah, You know, real estate has been good to us. Uh, apparently we, um, we've never bought a house that's more than $300,000, mm-hmm. but the equity has grown in the places where we have, and we, we put in sweat equity as well to go. our homes, but we try not to overextend there. <laughs> and that has, yeah. that has turned out to be really good decisions for us yeah to help fund other things <laughs>
0: nice. yeah so the the family do they like living here in Portland? How's their Love experience it. with it here?
1: Love it. Yeah. I have two young boys and they are they're thriving
0: really? Yes, they don't miss the sunshine.
1: Uh, there's sunshine here. See
0: a little isn't...
1: bit. okay, maybe it's... well
0: when it comes it's here for sure.
1: We live on the other side of like uh Forest Park mm-hmm. and I think we're in a microclimate that gets an unusually high amount of sunlight. Mm-hmm. Because when we drive in to go to work and to take our kids to school, we'll hit the top of this hill coming down Skyline and it'll just get like gloomy oh, yes. uh-huh. and stuff. So <laughs> we, we see it mm-hmm. a lot. And this year, I, I've heard that this is unusually good weather mm-hmm. for this time of year. So we've been fortunate. But And the summer.
0: Summer's summer. a great. Summer's amazing. The
1: best. Okay, so here's the thing about Florida people. Florida has a great marketing department. Um, there you go. <laughs> visit florida it <laughs> rains in florida every day
0: does it really rain every day every day
1: yes more than here it's like thunderstorms Yes. Yeah, and different. then bug. yeah and humidity yeah so it's a totally different yeah, experience cool. so um yeah i haven't really i, I love it my kids yeah. love it yeah
0: nice so what's your biggest challenge you faced in and growing the company
1: um, and
0: how did you overcome it?
1: Reg, uh, the, the regulatory structure that dates back to um, uh, prohibition days.
0: Oh, dang, is, way back then. Huh? Yes, it's still still, still yes, relevant these days. Absolutely.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely been the biggest challenge. So for most people, don't really understand that in the Constitution for the United States, when the prohibition when prohibition ended. Part of that was a deal with the mafia mm-hmm. to allow them to be, to, to still be a middleman forever and ever and ever. Yeah. So there's what is called the three tier system that separates manufacturers of alcohol mm-hmm. to wholesalers, the middlemen, mm-hmm. um, to the retailers. And it requires some pretty, um, like, some a lot of hoops in state law to allow there to be a pathway for small manufacturers to sell directly to retailers. But in, in most cases, you're required by law in the U.S. Constitution and in most states to have a distributor sell your product to a retailer. Mm-hmm. Distributor doesn't have to take your product. Mm-hmm. They can charge you for all kinds of things. Um, most black-owned brands are, are not represented by distributors. Mm-hmm. Um, because they won't even take meetings, mm-hmm. so the, dealing with dealing with that structure has been the most challenging because of the antiquated system that was set up um, back in the nineteen twenties. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so what I've done to overcome that is um, uh, <laughs> 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 still, you know, still still working on that, but yeah. Um, Moving to Oregon was a big part of that because mm-hmm. when you're in the state where product is produced, you have more opportunities to kind mm-hmm. um, of go go around that. Oregon does have a very favorable laws to wine producers, okay. um, and that's because there are more wineries here to lobby at the state level. If you go to a state mm-hmm. like Florida, there's, you know, not that many wineries. They don't really have the lobbying power to say, hey, we need to have mm-hmm. access to um you know make a living yeah right to yeah. be able to sell direct to retailers so yeah i think moving here is the biggest part of it the Mermosa pdx location is a big part of that that vision it is a separate um company mm. but it's um you know it's certainly something that helps get the the brand story out
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah i and i also try to encourage um i try to help other brands as well uh by bringing in underrepresented wines. We really focus on underrepresented wines and I nice. specifically go to distributors. say, can you bring this wine in so mm. that I can bring it into our space?
0: Yeah, because you're already in. Yeah. So why not bring them in? No, that makes sense. So tell me about some of the, I know you mentioned a few earlier, um, some of the major retailers where we can find your wine.
1: So mostly out on the East Coast, um, where most of the wines are in Sam's Club, a few, a few Walmarts and Targets, some Air Force bases and Navy bases and, um, some total wines as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam's Club brought us in initially from Florida all the way up to Maine, and um, we're still in many of those those states.
0: Nice. Yeah. So is this wine. Yes, we have here. What's this, this is
1: one? this is Celestine Rosé. This one actually, Sam's Club does not have. They've got Mermosa Bubbles and Mersecco.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Celestine Rosé is. I brought that because it's daytime. Is afternoon. Yeah, I say drink mimosa. Mimosa bubbles is like a ready to drink mimosa, uh-uh. so it's like your breakfast. Yeah, gotcha. then you then you kind of move into rose day. Mm-hmm. So Celestine rose, and then at night I like to do merseco because that's the, that's like your more traditional sparkling white wine. Nice. Yeah, and also Celestine is is my uh, great grandmother from five generations ago. Oh, so nice. she's the, she's the one.
0: She's the one. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. And then this wine here. This is.
1: This one, um, I brought Donna Stoney's Cabernet uh, Franc. She's a African-American winemaker here. She's from Troutdale. Mm. She makes some bomb-ass wines. We love having her product in, at Mermosa, and I just uh, op- I had an opportunity to shout yeah. it out. So,
0: so is she did you have to go and get her?
1: She has the ability, because of because of Oregon's favorable laws, because mm. she's a wine producer here, she can self-distribute.
0: Ah. Yeah. Nice.
1: It makes it really nice.
0: So Portland's the place to be for wine if you're getting to wine, huh? I think so. Yeah.
1: You know, um, you can fly into PDX and be in a winery in 20 minutes.
0: Really? Oh, that, that's the closest one to the airport? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like a
1: real winery. Yeah. Not just a tasting room.
0: Really? Yeah. Huh. You
1: can't really say that about anywhere else in the United States. Really? Yeah. Huh. Wine country starts in in Portland.
0: Wow. I didn't know that. I know yeah. we have a lot of wineries and a lot of breweries, Um never got into the big into wine. I like the um, the sweet wines um, but you know some I've had some you had me taste one that I liked when I came to your place. I don't remember what it was called, but it was pretty good
1: Yeah, I think it's the marmosa bubbles
0: was it okay yeah, nice. So do you have any memorable moments or milestones from your journey since 2017 you could share with us
1: um let's see I have I have several milestones so the, I guess the first milestone would be, just coming out with the wines and getting all the license approvals in Florida—that was a big process. It was um, just—it was really exciting. Then when we decided to shut down the retail operation to focus on wine, that was extremely scary. I had some people say, "Like, well, it feels like you like you've lost everything because you no longer." And I'm like, "Just hold on." Hold on. This was an intentional decision. <laughs> Just because I'm not here to sell you a bathing suit anymore I mean, you know, this mm-hmm. growing there. That was a big milestone. Was going against public opinion
0: mm-hmm. to going against the grain.
1: Yeah, but mm-hmm. people people that aren't running a business don't understand. Like you can't yeah. do everything. Yeah. Um. And th- so that was a big milestone. Then when we got picked up by a big distributor and got into um, the big chain stores, that was, um, that was a big milestone. And then kind of reevaluating things further down the run and road and saying we really, we want to take this take this back in-house and mm-hmm. really um, focus on creating the experience and coming to Oregon I would say it's kind of the the last milestone that we had so moving here in December nice with no no retail location mm-hmm. decided yet just coming here knowing the timing had to be done then and yeah. for, you know for our family and business and everything yeah.
0: Nice. Well, you have a wonderful place. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Tell me the address.
1: 1422 Northwest 23rd Avenue, Portland 97210.
0: Nice. Yeah, go check it out. It's really nice. Um, We're going to take one more break here, get a message from our other sponsor, Thorn City Syndicate Management Team. Um, It's my company and kind of how I got started and it got me into podcasting and so if you're listening to this go check the first episode out. It tells you how I got into it um, from helping a buddy of mine out. Um, He was a a hip-hop artist. We were growing up and got caught in the fast life and hooked on pills and alcohol and I wanted some new music from him and so I kind of I wouldn't say forced him but we made him get back in the studio and start recording music again. And along the way, I needed a music video, and someone introduced me to my business partner Justin, and we did a music video, and we entered it into some film festivals and won a few awards, and got to travel a little bit. And shortly after that video, he went and got clean, and so it's that's how I ended up in this podcast chair here. It's
1: um, never a straight line, is it?
0: No, it's not. It's <laughs> been a it's been a long journey, but it's been fun. Um, and so, yeah, go check that first episode out. And when we come back, we'll talk about the marosa experience and the culinary magic you have on the menu. Thank you. Introducing Thorn City Syndicate Management, your solution for brand management, social media promotions, digital content distribution, and podcast production. From shaping engaging content that resonates with your audience to amplifying your brand's reach through podcasting. We're your partners in driving success. We offer free strategy sessions and leverage our recording studio and personalized strategies to establish an online presence. Your brand's journey to the top starts with Thorn City Syndicate Management, where innovation meets results. Contact us now at www.thorncitysyndicate.com to embark on the future path of transforming your brand's future. Cause this syndicate lyricist exists. Don't blink one eye, baby just might miss. History in the making from the making of this. Third, I guess it's welcome back to these words. So I'ma come well like welcome back words for sure. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Spotlight Show. Still here. Um, The Mimosa Experience. It's an experience down there. So tell me about your menu and how it complements the wines.
1: Uh, so my I kind of got into my family history a little bit, but so Celestine, it all it all ties in, trust me. Yeah. So <laughs> Celestine grew up in what is now Haiti, the late 1700s. She met and married a Frenchman mm. during this time. That was a no-no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they left, and they moved to, of all places, I don't know how this happened. Maybe they snuck on a ship somewhere, <laughs> but they end up in Charleston. So I'm thinking they snuck on somewhere. Uh, They go to Charleston and he ends up, he was really into agriculture, Mm. the tech of the time. He was known for um, helping crossbreed plants to make them uh, live longer, produce more fruit, be Mm. more frost resistant. I mean, it was really the tech of the time. And so he ended up getting some jobs in agriculture for like the botany society, medical botany society or something like that. Um, He's working and then eventually people find out that he's, you know, got this black woman and these black kids living in the house. Oh, that's a no-no. Yeah, that's a, that's a no-no. <laughs> that's also a no-no. And it's a scary no-no because they, at the time there were uh, laws that would allow people to snatch them up as abandoned property. Just take them? Just take them, yeah. Wow. And be sold at auction. Jeez. Um, yeah, so he had to go bribe some people down at the city <laughs> to get this fake bill of sale. And so he buys his wife and kids. We have a copy of this. He by bought
0: his wife and kids back?
1: He bought his wife and kids. He will he, wow, he, well, he bribe people to create this document mm. so that he could say, You can't come take them yeah. I own them. <laughs> then he goes and petitions the state for their freedom because he's like, I don't you know, this this is really messed up. So he goes and petitions the state. The state says no, we're not gonna give him freedom. So he continues his work and what he ends up doing is when he when he dies, he's already created a will. That um, tells the executor to go sell everything, give the money to Celestine and the kids, and then mm. sneak her up north to be free. Wow. And part of the reason he was able to do this is because during his lifetime, he became famous for crossbreeding a rose that was frost-resistant. It became mm. fashionable, mm. like in the high society in Charleston. Remember, so
0: he made an two, aid for himself.
1: It? Yeah. They're really into this rose. (laughs) It's called the Noisette rose. Okay, they they still grow all over the place in Charleston, and Mm. they're really popular in Europe and stuff. Um, But anyway, so this rose fame allowed him to get this this fancy lawyer to be the executor of the will and say, "Yeah, I'll do this." Mm. But then, listen, Celestine rolls in there, and she's like, "Hold on, no, 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 no. I've been a part of this whole process the whole time." you know, my, my kids have been a part of this. We own land here. It's not like we can just jump on an airplane. They don't exist. Mm. We'd actually have to be snuck up there with seven kids. I don't think so. Yeah. So she she convinces this guy to create a legal structure so she and the kids can stay in Charleston as free people of color. Mm. And they have, like, straw men to help her inherit the land. And then, after she passes, her kids go and petition the state again for freedom. And it's granted a couple of years. Wow. So she that's why she's yeah. like our... Our siren, she's had this ability. So so anyway, so she's Haitian, got this French influence, and then they moved to Charleston. So our cuisine tries to marry this whole journey. Mm-hmm. And so when you walk in there, you get a you get a little bit of island vibe. Mm-hmm. You also get a little bit of southern vibe. Our cuisine is exactly that. You'll mm-hmm. see a lot of Southern classics on there, but then the seasoning, the seasoning is um, Haitian seasoning is layered. It is, um, you know, it's got some kick to it, uh, but we we sneak it in there in ways that people have never seen before, and that's, I brought you some food to, to, yeah, to try. Yeah, I
0: can't wait to yeah. try it. Um, <laughs> I tried something down there. You may, you forced me into trying some, some stuff, too. You got something
1: new? Yeah, yeah. I brought you some, I brought like <laughs> What'd the, you bring? Um, I brought you a pulled pork, okay. a pulled pork sandwich, and it's got- a, our mayo that we use, we put piece in there, and Epi's is like the um, epes is the Haitian spice blend of life. Mm. So it's got extra layers. Then I also brought you a, a vegetarian chicken, fried chicken,
0: okay. oyster
1: mushrooms. Hmm. Our batter is our buttermilk batter is dope, and a and a, and a regular fried chicken sandwich. And nice. um, yeah, so you'll see some Haitian seasonings and all of that.
0: Nice. Yeah. So you have a uh, a wine club. Yes. Down there. It's yes. intriguing. Tell me about some of the benefits and events it offers to its members.
1: Absolutely. So one of one of the things that I'm trying to do in the wine world in general is remove the snobbiness. <laughs> wine is an agricultural product. <laughs> and at the end, of the end of the day, it's an ingredient to a meal and an experience. And so I think when people are learning about wine or enjoying it, popping bottles, pouring, um, whatever they're doing, it needs to be a whole three, you know, three hundred and sixty degree experience mm. for all your senses. So, um, for example, we had uh, Black Vines came through in August. We hosted um, a whole bunch of black winemakers from all over the country. Alaska Airlines helped sponsored sponsor our wine club members got discounted mm. tickets and first access to it, and they got to meet all of these um, wine gurus mm. in our space and you know face to face talk with them, taste their wines. This was something that um, I was able to work with my distributor mm-hmm. to bring in these wines from all over the country, mm. which is a, a big hurdle. So uh, creating access to unique stories and experiences is a big part of it. We're also planning a big New Year's Eve event. We've got a Juneteenth cruise coming up. Nice. Um, so these are, yeah, we're just trying to create some fun experiences.
0: Yeah, so all for the members. Yeah. Um, and so you have private events as well?
1: Yes. Yes, we do a lot of private events. We get asked to do a lot of buyouts. We we also have ways to do casual events. So like the Black Wealth Vibes, mm-hmm. that was not a buyout. It was more like a meetup. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. we're able to manage that by, um, you know, if someone just calls and mm-hmm. tells us their concept, we can help promote it and not require... Um, you know, money down or minimums if you're Mm -hmm. open to, if if it's a community event that's open to other people. the public. If you want it closed off, then we do have minimums and Mm -hmm. we got to work on um, a couple other things, but we try to make it easy.
0: Nice. So for people interested in joining the More Merciful Experience or the clubs or private gatherings, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Um, You can come in. That's one way to do it. The other way is just go on our website at mermosapdx.com and you'll see a tab for join the club. Nice. Join the club.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate you come. Appreciate you coming through and sharing your story. Um, do you guys have social media? Yes. How do we find you?
1: At Mirmosa PDX on Instagram. We've got a a page on Facebook. We don't really do much with. It's really Instagram yeah. <laughs> is where you'll find us playing in the streets. We do have a TikTok account as well, but we don't post that much. Mm-hmm. And when we do, it's usually ridiculous. But go check that out. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, what's next for Marmosa PDX? Any? Can you give us a sneak peek to any upcoming events going on?
1: Yes. Um, New Year's Eve, we're planning a sequins and sneakers event. It's actually not New Year's; it's December thirtieth. Okay. Um. So we're uh, we're just in early stages of getting that together, and then um, other big events, like I said, that Juneteenth cruise, mm-hmm. um, on the the river here. Nice. Yeah, we're excited.
0: Nice. So any final words of gratitude or encouragement for the listeners to embark on their own journey like you did with Marmosa?
1: Sure. I guess my biggest piece of advice is just show up mm-hmm. and expect success. Mm-hmm. Having that that expectation that you belong here is a game changer. It's a, it is a mindset that um, gets you into rooms mm-hmm. where you would never expect to be. Mm. You know, when I look at some of these other, like, look at bank failures and all the <laughs> stuff going on, these other big businesses that fail, the people running those businesses have no business running those yes. businesses. So <laughs> if they're messing it up, yeah. why, you know, why not me? <laughs> why shouldn't I have the opportunity to <laughs> to mess up a big business? I'm no, just kidding, but that's. I mean, my point is, it just expects success. You be, you belong there. Yeah, you do belong. You do belong in those spaces.
0: Nice, nice. Thank you. Wow, that was great. So, like I always like to say, I encourage the listeners to explore their passions and embrace innovation, and pursue entrepreneurship in your own unique way. Thanks for joining us. Explore the power of networking and find inspiration by following me at Thorn City Podcast Guy. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show as we continue to highlight individuals, businesses, brands, and podcasters. And don't forget to subscribe to the Thorn City Podcast Guy YouTube channel. Follow at Thorn City Syndicate, the management team, and at GMP Podcast Group the production team. Be sure to drop by the website www.com Oh, sorry, ww.thorncity uh, schedule a free strategy session. I'm in the I'm in the processes of um, redoing my website. Um, I got some inspiration and ideas from the Black Wealth Vibes event um, that I'm gonna be implementing into what I got going on. So be on the lookout for that. So make sure you hit the website up, check it out. I'm Thorn City podcast guy. How your boy? Thanks Thank for you. Having me. Thanks for coming. This
1: was fun. It was good.
0: Yeah. I appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Thorn City Syndicate Spotlight Show, where we network and build connections, interviews and discussions. Until next time. I like your boy. Going City Podcast what guy. I'm out. You remind me of a man.